Good to have you along here, three and out. I'm Kevin Thomas. He's been Troop. Good Friday to you. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Just having old school philosophical discussions here on the show, uh, Ben. When we get those, listen, when we get those cameras up here to get well, <laughs> we we'll have to edit a lot of it. But I'm just saying, some of this stuff, Kevin. It, 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 the one thing we do more than, than anything in sports is compared now to the past. What you think, so and so? You think King King Griffiths Jr. going yard? Regardless, <laughs> that thing. I mean, that thing is out of here. But, hey, man, I will say this. I know we're gonna get to the Braves. I'm yeah. sorry, I said something yesterday that I shouldn't have said, Mr. Strider. Have yourself a day, sir. You are because Kevin, Freed, Mentor, Anderson, Strider. Not. I mean, the Braves got a gym every year, Mr. Strider. Outside the stash, the all-speed stuff, the fastball. I mean, I mean, I'm calling. Listen, I'm calling him. I mean, what when he comes He's out? Calling I go, Christian Junior with the quads, right? Yeah, I, call, I, I call him. <laughs> I call. Listen, listen. It's called the term. It's called what? It, what they call the Dominator, whatever he called it. Yeah. In Major League, that's the 102 miles an hour. I can't remember that. Well, obviously, I can't remember last time I drove that fast, and my insurance uh, can uh, <laughs> attest to that. But no, Mr. Strider, man, I did doing what he does. Oh, look! I know you said, hey, you wasted a lot of his start last night. We were talking about this video game stuff. Three up, three down, three straight innings, all strikeouts, nine up, nine Ks. That, like, you can't do any better than that. And that, like, I know a lot of people play video games. We'll get to that. You can't even do that in a video game. With the setting set on extra easy, it's hard to strike out nine guys in a row, especially to start the game. And 12 Ks overall. This is the sad part, man. The Braves lose in extra innings. I think they struck out the Cardinals 19 times. 19 strikeouts, uh, and you lose uh, in extra innings. But, uh, you know, Christian, I'll, well, I'll just bring it up, what he was talking about that got to start on this was, he's like, do you think, think Babe Ruth could hit Spencer Strider? And I was like, well, I, I, I will say the same thing I said off the air. I hate the philosophical arguments like that because to take into account, you would say, hey, well, that means you look at Babe Ruth for what he was. Like, everybody plays in the era in which they're in, mm-hmm. i.e., when Babe Ruth was playing, you unless you made Babe Ruth money, you went and had another job, right? I play baseball in the summer. I go work in wherever I work in the offseason. That's why spring training was invented. I mean, honestly, I mean, like this is the honest to God truth. Spring training was invented for baseball. Why? Because dudes would play baseball, then the season would end, and they would go back to their regular job, Building houses, making furniture, whatever it was. AKA that, that guy's working, working and, in the factory. Right? So then you come back, you're like, oh, man, I've been sitting here, you know, eating uh, bread and all this all day, you know, getting a desk job, and now I've got to get back in shape to play baseball again, and that was kind of part of it. Now guys are training year-round. I think if you want to bring Babe Ruth in that discussion, he would obviously train year-round. Like, even the guys <laughs> who look at it now, like you would say, who's kind of rotund like uh, Babe Ruth, maybe like a – Vlad Jr. or a Prince Fielder from and, a few and, years and, ago, and look and look and that's a great point. Look, look at what Vlad Jr. doing. Look at what Prince Fielder did. And so it's not like, yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's not like it's not like uh, like, like you make a good point. We say uh, look, Babe Ruth did what he did, and he's not the most you know, uh, but nobody put together was, guy yeah. you ever seen. <laughs> right? Can you imagine Babe Ruth eating right? Because <laughs> he because that's the thing. With a nutritionist. And yeah. <laughs> now, him and that nutritionist, they're going to have it out. Yeah. You know, the nutritionist is like, listen, when he closed this door, just give him five minutes. Why? 
I know he got something in it. He got but, a, but he was the, still a professional hitter for absolutely. his time. So could he hit Spencer Strider? Maybe. Would he hit it at a 300 clip? I don't think so. I, I, I'm I'm willing well, I mean, I mean, because nobody threw like that. Yeah. Nobody threw like that back uh, back in the day. Also swung a heavier bat than guys swing now, but that, that's neither here nor there. I think he could hit. Would he be, you know, hitting bombs? I, you know, that, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say he wouldn't. But in every era of sports, you can you can you can do that and go back and say, well, I mean, would Dick Buckus dominate in today's NFL? Okay, they didn't have the same kind of workout. They didn't have the same kind of knowledge, the same kind of schemes that have come into play and the way, over and years, they, years they, of football. It was actually, but, it was actually harder to play. It was actually no, nah, no. Nah, it was actually a much harder game because you practice more in pads. Sure. Like when they play. But and the you can be more physical. And the, thing, and the thing is, when we use the word dominate. You can slap me, guys upside the head. Exactly. Not- <laughs> when, we, when we use the word dominate, like like Dick Buck, Dick Buck is he dominated. Babe Ruth dominated. So to say, you think if anybody, if I got to put my money on anybody that can hit it, I think the Babe, you know, no, Tony Quinn and Babe Ruth, of course, I think they're going to make contact with the Babe Ruth was the first, I mean, when, first of his kind, said, look, man, what? I'm I'm trying to go yard. I ain't with that base hit <laughs> stuff. What do you mean? Well, no. I'm not yeah. trying to run out of double. I'm trying to get about And the thing is, a guy that was that dominant to where they're making movies about yeah. him and all this, and we still you talk about You can transcend eras. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, and I look at and, and again, I, I I go back, and, you know, I heard, uh, not to, I'm not trying to steal his take, but it, it's true. I heard Colin Coward say this a whole, uh, you know, a long time ago. They're like, Oh, you go back and and Honus Wagner was the this and that. Oh, he wouldn't dominate and this. Okay, Honus Wagner played like the early 1900s, right? Honus Wagner, I think if you go back and look, was like 6'1", 6'2", which compared to today's athletes doesn't seem like that big of a difference. But the average height for a guy in 1900 was like 5'7". So he was huge. Bigger. Stronger, much bigger. That's what I'm saying. And so, and the, the average formula, right now, guys, what five nine? So right. he's still so, bigger. So, so, so the formula doesn't change, Ben. Right? Guys who who win in the NFL when Dick Buckus played, Dick Buckus was bigger, faster, stronger than most people that that play. When you played, you and everybody in the league were bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. That that's just because that's, that's what it and, is. And you know why that is? Listen, what I lack athletically, I make up genetically. Think about that. Like, if I lack something, oh, okay, what is football one-on-one? Run fast, hit hard. What? We're going to run fast, we're going to hit you hard. Now, the bigger you are, the harder the impact. And once you learn how to hit, because that person over there, yeah, they're still 5'10", 190. <laughs> You're still 6'4", yeah. 250. Before you even figure it out, what the 5'10", 190 guy say, I hope to God he don't learn what he's doing. Because I think I think the thing about sports is that you can appreciate is this. Every time I used to talk about Michael Jordan, my mama used to talk about Dr. J when I was young. Talk, Dr. J, Dr. J. And I said, Mama, can two things be right at the same time? Like, I am not, you know, I am not disrespecting Dr. J because I'm talking about Mike. Just like, I'm not, I'm, but I'm, you know, but I'm not going to let you disrespect Babe Ruth and say, oh, he couldn't. <laughs> what? Like, hold on, hold on. Give me a hitter that was okay. Well, I'm not saying I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that he. I'm not saying he. Christian goes. Well, would he have hit 700 home runs? I I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because outside of him and Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds, nobody else has done it. So to say, yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, you, you talking so, about very. very that, that's like saying that's like saying. I, so I do think consistently. Yes. He wasn't see, like every night. Yes. You know, Matt Olson. Yes. They're all seeing guys that are throwing. Some of the nastiest breaking stuff, hardest thrown baseballs that you're going to see. Yeah, I think in Babe Ruth's time, you were probably also seeing that, but on a much different level, and there probably weren't as much because people were like, "Oh, there weren't as many good players." It's true, there were also way less teams, so you had less teams 
really condensed with great players. So you spread out the town a little bit more, and I think you get what you have now. It's like you have great players on more teams, more focus on it. I, I, I can go back and forth in the airs all day. Do I think Babe Ruth is hitting 700 home runs if he had to face Spencer Strider every day? No. Well, no, but uh, most people aren't either. Uh, so, about, yeah, it's I, like this. Okay, so that, that's why Spencer Strider, you know, he's a starter. He can't go every day. But this is the thing. This is the thing. Like with anything else, everybody catches up. Like meaning baseball players' job is, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a freaking, it's a, I, I got a freaking test every time I'm at that plate. Why? Because I'm going to, I'm that pitcher is going to pitch to me according to the type of hitter I am. Yeah. So the better I am, the more aggressive he has to be. Dude, I, I can't give this dude nothing. Now, Strider's like, all right, if you make, listen, if he makes contact, like if somebody's Strider, which I, I, I can appreciate it. That's when you know you're really, really good. You know, you go, listen, man, nine up, nine down, three straight. And that's, and, 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 that's something that you don't see all the time. But come on, man. That's like when Andrew Jones says Michael Harris Jr. is good, he's good. I don't need to see nothing else. Because Andrew Jones go, oh, he going to get to that. Oh, he got there? Because he knows the degree of difficulty in what he's doing. Give me a hitter that was okay-ish. Don't give me Babe Ruth. Because I'm like, I'm sorry. Obviously, we'll never know. But if I had to bet my money, the Babe Ruth babe going to say, look, bro, I'm going to figure you out. Why? Because everybody has tendencies. And if you give me that cheese over the plate, <laughs> I mean, I, again, I'm coming with that thing. it's a debate that will never end, and I get it. But, yeah, I, I think you look at what what he's doing, man, and it look. Ridiculous. What, I would love to stand in there one time. I'll be like the kid in Rookie of the Year where my heel will be on the back. Le- or not really. Uh, was it uh, was it Rookie it of the Year? It was Rookie of the Year, yes. Where, the, where he has the, 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 the arm that. Yes. Okay, and he has to hit the one time. He puts one foot in the very back and the other foot right there. He's as far back. And as far away from I would do that and say, come on, Spencer, bring me the heat just to see. And then he would throw it, and I'd go, whenever you're ready. And he'd go, it already went by you. And I'd go, okay. Listen, the thing about Strider, this is what you can appreciate. It's not taken away from what Otani does or what, you know, uh, I mean, what Scherzer does or DeGrom does. But it's the manner in which he does it. Like, dude, ain't nobody – listen, listen. There aren't a bunch of people in the world that can throw 90 let alone 102. <laughs> yeah. My off-speed stuff is 97. <laughs> that's and the thing, that's and, insane. And the thing about it is, is, once again, I give credit to the freaking farm system or the way to which – because people go, hey, man, well, the Braves do this as well. The Braves are really, really good at distracting you with such a good, such great players. You're so worried about Acuna, that go Michael Harris. So worried about – you know, uh, you're so worried about Max Free, that go Strider. And it's like – where did this dude come from? Don't care. Just happy he's with the Braves because that stuff is nasty yeah. and it's frequent. And I think that's one thing that I, I, a lot of people don't get about him is that we've seen guys throw hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen guys that have come up and throw hard. To throw hard like that and, and dot it on the corner, I mean, that's that's just freakish stuff. Like that, like that. Again, I've said this to a, a bunch of times, and I've said this to, uh, to young kids playing baseball because everybody wants to throw hard. I was like, I watched the again, YouTube's good for everything. Hardest thrown balls in 2021. Somebody made a video. It's like, hey, here's the 25 fastest pitches in Major League Baseball from the last year. I literally watched 12 pitches before one of them was a strike. It's like, so you're throwing hard, but can you control it? Yeah. Then you get Spencer Strider, you dot 102 on the corner. Yes. Bam! Like, what are you going to do with that? Yes. There's nothing you can do with that. And, and to see a guy go nine up. Nine down, go sit down. Like if I'm in the Cardinals dugout, I'm just like, dude, what do you? 
When is somebody else gonna get out there? Because we're not hitting I like, this. I like how it'll be a strikeout there. Put there. Put it on the freaking manager for the car. Like, and what am I supposed to say? Like, like <laughs> yeah. that stuff is nasty. <laughs> if it's nasty, it's nasty across the board. But shout out to Spencer Strider, yeah. man. Make it, you know, making an incredible name for himself. Yeah, the manager comes, you come back to the dugout. Manager's like, what are you doing, man? I don't know. You what? What you tell <laughs> did you, me? Did you, did you, okay, you barely saw it, and I'm standing right there. <laughs> yeah. So what you want me to do? It's it's crazy. It's he, nice, man. Yeah, Control he, is a beautiful thing. And again, we had an All Star voting uh, coming up. Uh, ended today. They're going to announce the teams later. I know a lot of people are saying the way he's pitched. Maybe Spencer Strider should be there. I don't know if he's been in the big leagues long enough. Michael Harris, a lot of people are saying he's been terrific. I don't know if he's been in the big leagues long enough to be an all-star, but who the heck knows? We'll see. But uh, several Braves going to have their names uh, called when they announce those teams. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on the show. But, Ben, it's always t- a good time to talk college football. We'll do that when we come back. SEC Media Days coming up in a week. A week from Monday, I'm sure Greg Sankey's going to have a lot of requests to talk to a lot of people about what's going on with the SEC, and we'll get that next. It's 3 and Out on this Friday. Love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com. Good to have you back here on this Friday. SEC Media Day is coming up in one week from Monday, Ben, so it's right around the corner, of course, Greg Sankey's going to have his plate full. A lot of folks going to want to talk to the head of the SEC, and I'm sure he'll get more than a few questions about, are you sure you're going to stop at 16? Uh, after any chance Oklahoma and Texas join sooner. All the, all the usual stuff. But, Ben, when it comes to talking about on the field, and I know people will say, well, Kevin, this is a ridiculous thing to say, is the star power at the quarterback spot again? Uh, for the SEC. I know you can say, well, they've always had... No, they've always had a few good quarterbacks. I will agree. But it seems like this year, you've got good quarterbacks around the league. Yes. Uh, where, you know, you've got, obviously, the stories uh, at, at Alabama. You've got Anthony Richardson, who I think is going to thrive in a Billy Napier uh, offense. You've got, what, Max... Is it? I'm going to get confused. Is Max, who, which one of the quarterbacks went to Texas A&M? Was it Max Johnson? I think, yeah, Max Johnson, yes. The, and then you have Calzada going to, to Auburn... You've got, you know, Spencer Rattler coming in at South Carolina. Hendon Hooker. Quietly is going to be a very Will good Levis. Uh, quarterback. Will Levis. I mean, people talk. I mean, you forget about Will Levis. Yeah. And Will Levis, quietly, people yeah. are saying this guy could be one of the top four or five quarterbacks yeah. on the board. And that's uh, not to mention, you know, obviously all the other uh, quarterbacks. I mean, again, last year we weren't talking about Stetson Bennett going into SEC media days. We were talking about, hey, is this Georgia defense going to be good enough to get it done? And JT Daniels. We're not even talking about it's like can JT Daniels take a step forward and you know lead the team consistently uh, throughout the year coming off the COVID year where he had some good games and some meh games. Okay, now I think you look around, you've got an unlikely quarterback hero in Stetson Bennett, and you to me Ben have really good quarterbacks uh, across the league right now uh, that are going to have something to say about this when it's all said and done. Kevin, it, make, it makes it easier, right? It makes it easy for the coaches. It makes it easy for the teams, because I mean, and taking listen as a as a as a guy that would love to have all tight ends coming through there. Hey, nothing <laughs> but tight ends, right? Think about any team at any level. Maybe we can request that for a future media day. Just, I, I mean, just yeah, send th- you th- tight ends. Yeah, think, think about think about think about any any team for any, any level. If I have if I have Stetson Bennett, University of Georgia, Hendon Hooker, University of Tennessee. You know, I mean, Anthony Richardson, University of Florida. Will Levis, University of Kentucky. Bryce Young, you know, Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, 
University of Alabama. I mean, and the list goes on and on. It makes it shows that why the SEC has the star power it has. Think about this. I go from <clears throat> next up, Nick Saban, head coach, Alabama, Bryce Young, quarterback, Will Anderson. Okay, let's keep it going. I mean, when you when you start when you start talking about uh, you know a team like Tennessee, Coach Hyper, Hendon Hooker, the quarterbacks are they the headliners, and that'll never change. Look at the way the NFL markets teams. You know, you you know, I hate to say it, it used to be you know Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons take on Drew Brees sure. and the New Orleans Saints. Now it's going to be, but I feel like the level of quarterback play well, has yeah, come and, way up. And, and, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and Kevin, because we're not too many years removed. Quarterback play being the least, like it, everything else was good. Running game was good. Uh, defense, obviously, defense yeah. was good. Coaches were good. Programs were good. Quarterback play was eh. It was all right. I think, even though they don't say it, they said, "Look, man, we got an identity problem." What you mean? Like, while I think it's good that our best players are running back, yeah, that doesn't sell tickets like the quarterbacks do. Quarterbacks sell tickets. I mean, I'm just saying, like it just happens. And the two headliners this year, obviously, Bryce Young, stats in a minute, right? What, we're a couple of years removed from, from Alabama winning the national championship and Georgia winning the SEC. Now it's flipped. Georgia wins the national championship. Alabama wins the SEC. But I think when you start talking about these teams, Kevin, every team that is good in football has one thing in common, a good quarterback. Every last yeah. one of them. I don't care what level it's on. Weren't we at ACC media days when we had they had the old lineman from Clemson? He had on a Trevor Lawrence wig because he knows that's who everybody was there to see, yeah. even though Trevor Lawrence. So I think that what happens is now, Kevin, is saying, hey, the SEC will want nothing more to do this. Give me, give me a quarterback and give me maybe an old lineman. So give me, a, give me a guy that's a headliner and a guy that never gets asked questions. Right? That's what that, that, so if you, if you are the SEC media days, it's going to be star-studded. It really, really is, and rightfully so. When when you think about these coaches, teams, because everybody wants one, right? Billy Napier goes, hell yeah, I go to Florida, man. They got number one, yeah. I like I'm gonna take the money, but I got Anthony Richardson, right? If you if you now this is the thing, it used to be a time where you say, okay, who you gonna bring? Do you gotta bring your quarterbacks now? I think you do. It used to be a time where we say, who's gonna be, who they gonna bring, who's gonna be on the list, what may have you. If Georgia busts up in there, okay, they get Nola Smith. I ain't saying they can't. Right? Carter and company. People are gonna be saying, but every question gonna be, so coach man, how you feel about Stetson? How you feel about Stetson? How you feel about Stetson? Why? Because this time last year was all JT Daniels. Instead, Josh, Coach Hopper gonna say, I ain't no, no, I ain't gonna be asking questions about uh Hendon Hooker. There he is right there. You can ask him <laughs> right there because when they finally put him in that system, they was able to thrive. If you are Kentucky, you you know you bring you bring your QB, you bring your running back because we got to run a game and a pass game. They'll go to run game, they'll go to pass game. Talk to them. I I think that everybody because if you are a coach Stoops, you think, look, man, we we pretty good over here in Kentucky too. We we do our thing over here too. But the headliner, I think, plays for USC. It's gonna be Spencer Rattler. He's gonna be the headliner because uh, you coming from Oklahoma, and you were supposed to be that dude. You were supposed to be getting drafted from Norman. Now you're gonna be getting drafted from Columbia, which is cool. But but if you but people say, hey man, what is Beamer Ball? We gonna really get to see it now, cause we didn't really get to see it. Some a little bit like last year. I mean, he, I got a freaking guy that was a coach. He said, look man, no no no, hey man, coach, <laughs> I got a locker today. Yeah, cause you, we need you to play quarterback <laughs> yeah. t- today. Like wait a minute, I would. Yeah, I know you were quarterbacks coach yesterday. Yeah. Today you were quarterback. You grad assistant, I think. Is yeah, you grad assistant. Now now you like this, like coach man. What the co- hey coach? What you doing here? I'm starting on Saturday. Yeah. What? 
You want me so, to run drills at yeah, practice? So, 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 no, so, no, no, you're playing. And the thing is, right? Now, right, 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 wrong, indifferent. Last year, you know, JT Daniels goes, and I've heard some things. I'm not here to, I'm not here to criticize this young man, but I heard that he didn't. I heard he left, like he didn't like some of the questions. Um, that's called playing big time football. If you are Spencer Rattler, you're gonna learn a lot about him. Right, or wrong, or different, because we shape narratives, create narratives, make up narratives. Can he? Can he answer the questions about Oklahoma? So he said, "Man, I'm at South Carolina now. Yeah, we know that, but you haven't played at South Carolina yet." You've been through the spring. Talk about what happened to Oklahoma. How can that? Because I think that's a part of it, right? Everybody wants that big spot. Can you handle the pressures of being in those positions? But Kevin, teams, head coaches, quarterbacks, that's what that's what sells tickets. That's what sells merch. That's what get the TV rights and deals and what may have you. And you are right. It top to bottom, oh, they are loaded. I mean, they are loaded. And that's before you even get to the coaches' quarrels and all that kind of stuff. But Mr. Greg Sankey, sir, you are up. We need to know how good were you at hide and seek when you were younger because they still ain't found you. As far as, like, the perception of the league, about as big as it can be. Uh, the growth of the league, I mean, through the roof. Are we going to be at 16? I'm going to ask you the same thing Kevin be asking Mr. Hancock. <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted college football playoff extension. You know, I mean, you wanted expansion, more teams, yeah. but expansion. Is it gonna be sixteen? Well, you know, Ben. No, I don't know. <laughs> I want to know. So, but but it, but it is, it is gonna be incredible. I just think that the coaches aren't supposed to be the headline. It's supposed to be the quarterback. Supposed to be the players. I think you're gonna get all that and more this year. I, and again, I I don't have a problem. With it. I, look, I I'm I know people want to see Nick Saban. I know people want to talk to uh, to Kirby Smart. I know people want to talk to Jimbo about all that stuff. But to me, you look at the guys that are going to be in some of these quarterback rooms. Uh, you know, across the SEC this year, the quarterback play is going to be really really good. I uh, in the in the SEC, and I think that's the first time where you could say that about a large swath of the league, right? I mean, I I I think you look at years past, you would say, okay, you've got a couple guys who are really good. I think you've got really good quarterbacks at a majority of the schools uh, in the SEC. What what Chase Daniels at Ole Miss? We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Uh, going from Central Florida to uh, to Ole Miss, so you got another guy who put up big numbers. Now he's going to go play for Lane Kiffin. What does that mean? So I think you have really compelling, really good quarterback, really compelling quarterback stories, really compelling quarterback play there in the SEC. We'll come back. College football, as we said, look, it is on the cusp. We're starting to get down to it. Media day is coming up in about a week for a number of conferences, and once those are over, it's on. You get back and you start practicing, and the countdown is on to the start of the season. We'll look at given all the expansion talk. What does one conference need to do here in 2022 that might help them out or hurt them moving forward? We'll get to that next here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We're also streaming live on ESPNCoastal.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can leave us a comment there on Facebook, YouTube, and uh, we'll, we'll get it on the show and talk about it here on 3 and Out. Good to have you back here on this Friday, Kevin and Ben. Glad you are with us. College football rapidly approaching, uh, Ben, and so much, obviously, talk about conference expansion and are we going to go to 20, are we the 24 team leagues, a big two, all that stuff that's going on. And we talked yesterday about, you know, hey, is Notre Dame maybe holding this thing up because they want to stay uh, independent, which, you know, a lot of people think might be a good thing if we can keep these conferences together. But given all the talk, Ben, does the ACC – do they need a good season on the field? And I don't mean 
hey, I need seven teams going 11 and one. That's how I was, but do they need a good good showing on the field? I'm, I'm not even just going to say Clemson. A Clemson and another team to consistently play well, be in the national discussion, have a good season on the field to remain attractive. And I don't mean, hey, we're going out trying to poach other teams if you're Jim Phillips. I mean, we remain attractive to our own current members if you're Jim Phillips, i.e. keeping the people in the fold, keep North Carolina from wandering eyes over to the SEC because there's going to be dollars that are going to be thrown out in front of people's faces uh, that'll make it very attractive. Do you need to have a good season to make yourself attractive, not only to your members you have, but maybe Notre Dame, another team out there that could come in and help your conference uh, remain attractive to kind of keep this thing together? Without a doubt. Because, Kevin, this is the thing, right? It's about the thing about college athletics, college football uh, specifically, all you have is perception. You say something long enough to where people around you start saying it, people that don't know who you are saying, how do we know about certain brands? Right? Either we've been using that brand, eating eating that brand, or just knowing that brand for years. Why do so when it comes to the ACC, nobody's nobody's waving the flag for them right now. The team that was supposed to win last year didn't win. It was Pitt. It wasn't Clemson. But if Pitt can do it again, yes. then you start building a little bit. But of I will say this. That, you know who's gonna have to play well this year? I'm sorry. It's gonna Miami's gonna have to play well. Florida State's gonna have to play well. North Carolina's gonna have to play well. Because if you get the biggest brands in your conference plan, that's the one thing the SEC don't have to worry about. We got enough big brands to play well to where, okay, this is going to be fine. So Arkansas can have a better year, but Ole Miss played well, right? Texas A&M played well, right? Tennessee played better than Florida, but they played well enough to where, okay, boom. Because why? what did Florida do last year? They played Alabama well. So that'll be, oh, okay. They could. When it comes to the ACC is, you're saying, all right, we know you got Clemson. Wake and Pitt played, obviously, for the AC Championship. What about Virginia Tech? What about UNC? What about Miami? What about Florida State? Because, Kevin, you know, it's never going to be about Boston College. It's never going to be about, you know, uh, you know, certain schools. never going to be about Duke. If your, quote, best team, like the teams that are known nationally, if those teams play well, you're like, oh, okay. Because, like you said, Kevin, what's coming is that money. That money is going to attract a lot of those teams. Now, Clemson might get the last call because they know we, they're going to be the hardest one to say. But if the ACC can play well this year, because this is the thing that the ACC needs to know, dude, we might want to be attractive for other teams who want to come to us. If we if we want to keep this thing together, now who they're going to get is going to be is going to be. I mean, cut, you know, West cut, Virginia's cut. out there. You've got some other things. Yeah, you, like that. I, I I think I think could, could you could you pull some of those you know remaining Big Twelve teams? Maybe could you get an Oklahoma State or somebody like that? Maybe. But I do think the ACC is going to have to decide what you want to be because this is our this is our line this is our line in the sand. So I I just think that yes they're going to have to play well. Yes it's going to and when I say they Kevin the now I will say this you know who could be the key to the ACC this year it might be Georgia Tech. Coach Collins can pull twelve rabbits out of a hat. And, and get the six wins with that schedule. Oh, I, I was going to say 12. I, I, oh. I thought you were saying wins for a minute. I was like, well, well Whoa. man, no, it's if, Friday, but come if, on. If Georgia, if, Georgia, if Georgia Tech can go three wins, three wins, three wins, six wins, get both eligible with that schedule, now that would help tremendously because people say, well, why does that matter? Because it doesn't matter what you did to get to the bowl game. I don't care about they went 12 or 2. Don't care. They're in a bowl game. They went 12 or 2. Other team went 6 and 6. Well, 6 and 6 with that schedule is 12 and 2 or whatever it is. So if Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Florida State, Miami can play well because I think 
I think Clemson's going to play well this year. DJU, he, he, he knows what's going on. I think the ACC got a really, really good shot because that because what it's about is is making sure that the best teams, quote, either perception-wise or reality-wise, it can't be NC State. Sorry, they, they're probably going to be good, but you need North Carolina to be good, not NC State. I need Miami and Florida State to be good. Georgia Tech, and obviously, you know, Virginia Tech, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But, yes, Kevin, if this if there was ever a year, they're going to have to get it done this year because, uh, hey, man, what? I saw Greg Sankey in North Carolina today. Doing what? He was at he was at UNC. What? They say he got a, I don't know, a grandson or somebody want to go to UNC. That's bull crap. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just saying he was on campus. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kevin, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah I do. Th- I, I agree with you. I think the ACC needs a big year from that standpoint to make themselves attractive as a, uh, as a conference, not only for other people, but for the members that wish to stay. Uh, and try to remain viable there as well because everybody's talking about getting poached and who's coming for you at the end of the day. Let's go to the phones. Looks like we have our good friend AC, Ben, calling us back here on a Friday. AC, what's up? Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call. How you guys doing? Doing good. Perfect. Everybody's so hyped up about our college football uh, super conference. I'm looking at SEC and Big Ten. There's a problem. You have all the teams joining, and then that means Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, they might lose their business, and that's bad for college football teams. I'll give you an example. Let's say Miami. They go to FTC. What are the odds they're going to play for the championship game? Because you have too many teams. Let's say Florida State goes to Big 10. What are the odds they're going to play for Big, uh, Big 10 championship game? It's gonna, I think it's going to be a huge disadvantage. So if I'm Big 12, you want to be relevant? I'm calling Noradine. Hey, come on, come, come and join us. Give you your NBC contract. Come join us, make us relevant. And if I'm ACC, hang up by saying this. If I'm ACC, I'm doing whatever it takes to keep Clemson. Clemson is going to give you the money. If Clemson leaves, buy ACC. AC is going to flush you down in the toilet. Enjoy your weekend, boys. Hey, appreciate the call, AC. Look. I agree. I, I agree with you that, look, the, the SEC and Big tw- Ten expanding, and they are, it is bad for college football. It is. If you like the big programs, it's great. If As Ben and I have said all week, if you're in the Big Ten and you're in the SEC, you feel great. Oh, I love college football. Well, because you're secure and the two conferences are making the by far the most money. But you're right. I, I look at the ACC, and I know everybody says Clemson, and I think, Ben, to me, when you have these debates with people uh, that say, why would the SEC want Virginia and North Carolina? Look, it's big. State University. It's not. Look, none of this is about winning football games. No. Like, none of it. Like, Zero. I, like, and again, people are like, well, what? why would you want Clemson? Why, exactly. Clemson is in a town called Clemson. That is next to nothing. Nothing. A lake. And if you've been there, so and I, look, I, and I'm not look, and I'm not saying that Clemson brings no value. I'm saying that relatively, Clemson, up until recently, was Georgia, right? Huge fan base, won a national championship in 1980, and had been kind of okay since, right? They they, they, they and then finally, uh, Dabo jumped in and took them to another level. But traditionally. And I think if you're a leader of college football, more importantly, Ben, guys like Greg Sankey, if you are a businessman, and this is what 
most ADs and conference commissioners are now. Uh, they're CEOs. They're not in the business of caring about who wins and who loses. I mean, they do, but you understand what I'm saying. Uh, I think you look around and go, so I could take the biggest school in the state of North Carolina, recruiting base. We currently don't even have a school in North Carolina. Right? Yep. North Carolina, as far as the South goes, it's not Florida or Georgia, but they have a lot of athletes there. Recruiting yep. base, you've played games, went, just played a non-conference game, Georgia and Clemson, in where? Charlotte. So I, I think you look at North Carolina and people say, well, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't from a football standpoint if you're going, I want big teams that have a lot of winning. It does if you're talking about big team, huge alumni base, huge following, and and that may, and you get another state. Virginia's the same way. Does Virginia fit culturally in the SEC? No, they don't. Uh, they don't. They're wine and cheese, and the SEC's Bud Light. Like I, uh, I get Talk, true indeed. So they're they're Bud Light and pigs in a blanket. They better learn. They better, they, said, better, so. they, better, they better learn to put that beer in a wine glass. So, so my, my point yes. is, but Virginia is a state school. Like, now you could go after Virginia Tech, much more uh, aligned as kind of an SEC-type school. But when you hear things like they want to go after Virginia and North Carolina, don't think of it as a football move. That's why the ACC is concerned about those schools. The Big Ten wants those schools. What is North Carolina going to be? They want the, the flagship. You know, those yes. schools have – think about the Big Ten. Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota, Wisconsin – Nebraska, Iowa, they're getting the big yes. states, even Penn State, yes. Maryland, Illinois, Indiana. You're getting the big state flagship schools, and that brings a lot of prestige. It brings a lot of influence. It brings a lot of alumni. It brings a lot of cash uh, along with it. And so when people say, well, why would they want Clemson? Clemson is attractive right now. But what if Clemson was Clemson of Tommy Bowden's year? Talk about it. When they were eight, nine wins, they Talk were a good program. Good. Yep. Do you still want Clemson in the SEC? Nope. And, I, and I'm not saying that to downgrade Clemson. Clemson fans, hear me out. I'm simply saying when you look at it short-term, Clemson makes a whole lot of sense. When you look at the big picture, if I'm the SEC, Come on. North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech would be my first two. And people say, well, what about Miami? Again, on the football field the last 20 years, they don't bring you a whole lot. They bring you tradition, but what else do they have? Small, private school, not an SEC school. They're not. I, I, again, I, I'm, I, I'm just putting that out there for I, I, I when people say, oh, you're going to go get Miami. No, they're not. No, you they're, don't. They're not. You would be more apt to go get Florida State. Why? Huge state school. A lot of alumni. Huge fan base. Huge interest in athletics. That's the school that fits, excuse me, the footprint as I pound on the desk on a Friday not smaller I'm, I'm private just, school. I mean, I, I, and again, that's just and, and to show you and to show you right. Which obviously my phone be listening to me. <laughs> I, I, you know, you just get an ad for North Carolina. This is college football's most valuable programs: Texas one, Texas A&M two, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, OU, Oklahoma, Georgia, Notre Dame, Florida, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, Penn State, Oregon, Florida State, South Carolina, Arkansas, USC, UW, Nebraska, Iowa. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, Clemson. Did you hear? Did you hear Miami in there? And you didn't get to Clemson until the very end. And this is the thing, so, right? This is the thing right? The top two are Texas and Texas A&M. The where they gonna be? SEC. All I'm saying is this is a game of monopoly. <laughs> like this, yeah, you're collecting and, properties, and, yes. And, look, and we are trying to bankrupt everybody else. That is that is what you are trying to do. 
Miami at one point, they got a bunch of 30 for 30s. They had they had some incredible coaches and players. It has been a long – the only time they've been to Charlotte is to visit. They ain't been up there to play, right? <laughs> so you're right, Kevin. Do you Listen, there's a reason why – University of Florida, University of Tennessee, University of Arkansas, University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, you, you know, Auburn University, University of Alabama, University of Georgia, University of Kentucky. <laughs> so you want to go University of North Carolina, yeah. University of Virginia. I I tell you another one. Just to mess with the Big Ten, Pitt. See if the SEC like look, man, you don't want us to come with y'all. What do you mean? What do we bring Pitt over here with us? Uh huh. Pitt has won an ACC as of recent. Has Penn State won a Big Ten as of recent? No. I'm telling you right now. There's one thing to think I'm a big brand. There's another thing to be a big brand. I just read off the top, you know, top thirty. Didn't hear Miami in it. Florida State was in there. Old Miss well was in ahead there. of Clemson too. You know, that, so, so I do think Kevin one, one, AC does make a good point. But sometimes you just want your phone to ring. And look, 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 look. look. It's like going to the prom. <laughs> I want somebody to say yes. I hope who I ask say yes. But what if I ask Notre Dame to the prom? Nope. Sorry, Ben. Got a date already. Dang. Who? SEC. He already came and hollered. But I thought you said you didn't want to go to SEC. Ah, yeah, but I'm going to the prom. <laughs> they're going to wind and down me a little better. They told me they're going to come got, pick me up in a helicopter. Yeah, I got somebody to dance you, with. You, you, you coming in that old F-150 that need, that need, that need water in the, in the transmission. All right, <laughs> but I'm going to put it in there before I go pick you up. Hey, man, you're right, though, Kevin. Though, at the end of the day, you might want to jump on You might want to jump on this train because we have a perception problem when it comes to no. college football and no bigger perception than Miami. Right well, now. I'm just, again, I'm just saying when you look at uh, you know realignment and expansion, I, I get why people would say Clemson, but I'm telling you, that might not be the SEC's first choice because there are bigger brands with more value and bring more to the table that fit that SEC profile just as well. Going to be interesting. Hey, we got we got to step aside. We'll come back. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Hour two here on three and out. We'll talk some NFL as we are getting close to training camps getting opened, and then the countdown is on towards. I mean, whatever's going to happen with the Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk about that and who's going to be the guy to watch. Uh, on the offensive side, we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit as well. But let's take three on this Friday, shall we? All right, Ben, I get asked by a lot of folks. As you know, someone every day asks me about Kevin Durant. <laughs> why does nobody want? Why does everybody want out in Brooklyn? That's take one. Why does everybody want out? I thought they were building a super team, and now everybody wants to leave. Because, it's, because I mean, Kevin, a, a, a wise man, a great wise man once says, it's all sizzle, no steak. <laughs> Think about this. Was that me? I don't know. It was. It, 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 comes, it comes down to this. You are the little brother team. What is the little brother team? The Mets, the Nets, the Chargers, you know, you know uh, uh, the Clippers. I don't want to be the other team because, number one, Jay-Z. From Brooklyn. You ever seen him at a game? I've seen him at a Knicks game. Because everybody thinks that Brooklyn is something it's not. Yeah, okay, you got to come to it. You got to come to the borough of Brooklyn. I get that part, right? But you're not going to win there. And you're not what people care about. Let, let, let's just keep it a buck. The reason why Kevin Durant 
and James Harden and Kyrie Irving didn't go to the Knicks because the Knicks matter. Kevin, we be saying that certain teams, if they're good, they make everything good. If the Knicks are good, the NBA is so much better. When the Knicks draft pick comes up, everybody watches. When the Knicks goes through free agency, everybody's watching. And, they, and the reason why they can't get anybody because they have been down in the dumps for a long time. The Brooklyn Nets are an afterthought. Everybody thought, here they come. Here they come to what? They used to be in New, Jer- New Jersey. Stop it. They're not going to do anything. Kyrie Irving never, ever wanted to be a net. He, only, he, he wanted to be able to recruit uh, Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, I mean, he went from, you know, the earth is flat and <laughs> grew his hair out to look. You know, he got the TWA. Well, that's teeny when he afro for those of you who don't know. And then it's just I was, it, I was confused here myself. TWA, like, teeny when he afro. He got the microphone afro. Then James Harden, right? Okay. And the hand play. I'm sorry. Yes, TWA. Yes. It, it, <laughs> Kevin, like, hey, I'm gonna go home and tell the business. You know what yeah. TWA is? I do. I'm just saying, and that's what I thought I was an airline. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it should be TWO. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? I mean, the way out. But I'm just saying it's just. At the, at, 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 the, at, the, at the end of it, it's, Brooklyn is never going to be that team that's going to be respected because outside of being in New York, you don't have a history. No one's, oh, let's talk about the great Nets. Yes, I know you had Jason Kidd and, you know, uh, you know different guys uh, in the past, but that's over with. So I think that, Kevin, they tried to create something that was never there. They tried to create some type of tradition that didn't exist. You haven't even been there that long, and your biggest players want out. Kevin Durant, oh, man, I would love to play in New York. He was talking about the Knicks. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> I'm Kyrie Irving. He was. Oh, I would love to. Play. He's talking. Kyrie Irving from West Orange, New Jersey. He did not grow up a Nets fan. You know how I know? Because the Nets were in New Jersey. And now he's with the Nets. He grew up. The Nets was right there. There they go. No, he wanted to play for the Knicks. I'm just saying, if somebody says, hey, man, you want to play for the Mets or the Yankees? Uh, slap in the face. He want to play for you. Stop it. You want to play for the Knicks or the Nets? Both of them are going to lose. I'd rather play for the Knicks. Why? Because I want to play for a team that matters. So that's why it is, Kevin. You're the only team that you thought had a chance to bring something, some type of, you know, uh, you know, real fandom up there. Now, only people that care about the Brooklyn Nets are people from Brooklyn, not Jay-Z. He's at the Knicks game, courtside, <laughs> with Beyonce and their daughter. So, so just stop and he, it. And he owns the Nets, or a piece of it, right? You know, you know, I think you want to – so, yeah, and, and listen, listen. When he goes to the Knicks game – he goes, you know, he gets a, he gets a he gets a uh he gets a limo or he you know he gets a driver. When he goes to the next game, he takes the train. Cause I'm going to see the net. So yes, Kevin, you know how it is. No, when when the last time somebody said, man, you, you saw the Nets this week? Nobody. No. Because their three biggest stars as of late want out. James Harden already in Philly. Kevin Durant wants out. Kyrie Irving wants to be wants to be a Laker. People don't even remember. You know who else played for them? Blake Griffin. No one cares. Blake Griffin <laughs> plays for the Nets. No one cares. DeAndre Jordan plays for the Nets. No one cares. Because it's the Nets. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, it is. Like, we, we, need, we need to stop doing that. I like that. that as a take. It's, it's the Nets. It, it's the Nets. I mean, I mean, no, 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 no. In the words of Kevin, it's soccer. Let's stop this. Does that flip if the Nets actually win a championship and the Knicks are sitting over there like, Oh, yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, no. If, if that happens, yes. But Kevin... Do you know who have to play for the Nets? For the Nets to win it, Steph, Steph Jr., Jr., uh, 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 Giannis Jr., Jr. It's not <laughs> happening. Like, the worst thing to happen to your franchise is to have some of the biggest names in the game, and they want out. <laughs> like, they don't want to be there. I'm signing with the Nets to tell the Nets I want out. I mean, Kyrie <laughs> Irving was seen yesterday at an L.A. Sparks game. 
He's at a WNBA game <laughs> in L.A. to get the hell away from New York. Has he been to more WNBA games than he did actual Nets did. game? Actual Nets games. He He's coming up with another scheme now to throw people off. I mean, you know, for mental health, which I don't, I, I do take that very serious. But he don't want to be with Brooklyn. What Brooklyn at? I don't know. Because the people, I'm just saying, so, hey, sorry, man. Sorry, Nets fans, man, but y'all be arguing about nothing. Uh, man, I'm a Nets fan. And what is that? What does that mean? You know who root for the Nets? Jets fans. That's who root for the Nets. <laughs> they do. Jets fans root for the Nets. They also root for the Mets. Jets, Mets, and Nets. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. I'm just saying. It's rough. <laughs> it is rough. And Kevin, you know it's rough. He's got to take it for if what If you are a Mets fan, what a Mets saying? The Braves don't lose. I'm just saying, like, when the Mets win the Subway Series, we can talk. Until then, what's up, Kansas City Royals? Because last time they went to the, to the World Series, right, Kansas, has Kansas City even sniffed a World Series since? Nope, but they won it. When they got there. Did they go back-to-back? Back? I, I didn't win back-to-back. Back, I thought they went back-to-back back years. So all I'm saying yeah. is don't talk about no Nets. Don't talk about no Jets. Don't talk about none of those guys. Who cares? They just want, they want out. All right. I will never ask a Brooklyn Nets question <laughs> again. Let, it's off, they win the playoffs. It's off question. It's, yeah, it's, it's because, off, because, uh, it's uh, off you list. know what they got last year's playoffs? They got swept. <laughs> Bring out the broom. I'm just saying. But they spend a lot of money. Oh, they spend a bunch of cheese. So, all right. Moving along. Take two. Heard all kinds of stuff when it comes to college football expansion. Uh, ben, give me your craziest college football expansion possibility. And I say that because, again, we had a report from a guy that covers college swimming. He's like, oh, these teams are going to the SEC and this and that. And I was like, come on. But give me one that is fake, that is so fake, but it is possible enough that it could be true. All right. I would the, love to hear this. The ACC... Wants to stay afloat. This is fake, by the way. This I'm going to say it again. So we're, what, 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 ben is not reporting this. This, 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 is fake, this, is, this is my fake take. The ACC wants to stay afloat. <laughs> they want to add to the Super Conference. They lack swag. <laughs> so who are they going to call? They're going to call JSU. They're going to call Dion. <laughs> Dion's going to call Hugh Jack. Hugh, you know I mean? Uh, he's going to call Hugh Jack over there at Grambling. Hugh is going to call, um, you know, a Coach Pugh at South Carolina State. South Carolina State going to call TCU, TSU, you know, with Eddie George. So, Grambling, Southern, JSU, TSU, South Carolina State, and maybe a Howard are coming to the ACC. Why? <laughs> Why not? Like people say, think about hold on. Think about this for a second. That ain't going to happen. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Think about this for a second. At least Jackson State has played in their championship game. Miami hasn't. <laughs> right? When people start, I'm just, That's oh, true, yeah. Let's just keep it a buck. What could it hurt? Commissioner of the ACC says, man, Deion Sanders called me and said, man, what you scared of? What you mean? I can see that for one. I don't know about all Now, that. here it is. Okay. You want to add more? Hey, man, all right, Ben. That ain't, that ain't 24. We need some more. All right. The ACC gets back on the phone. They call App State. <laughs> they call Coastal Carolina. They call Louisiana. They call Georgia Southern. And they call, I hate to say it, the other GSU. They saying, hey, we want App, Louisiana, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina. Because people saying, man, what would you do that for? Well, 
We need people. We need crazy fan bases. We need, I don't know, the best. I mean, the Sun Belt, nobody wanted to play them anyway. The right? best of what's left. So now we in Louisiana with Southern and Louisiana. We, we in Baton Rouge. I don't even know what, what we in like, New Orleans, whatever. Right? <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I think the they are in uh, Shreveport or something. No, the, you're talking about Louisiana? Yeah. The Raging, I, they are in, uh, are they in, uh, I'm, no, that's the Louisiana Monroe. That's in Monroe. Uh are they in Lafayette, Louisiana? Yes, they, they, are, they are in Lafayette. Louisiana, Lafayette, duh. There we go. But I don't know where that is. I'm not familiar with Louisiana geography. Now here it is. No, here it is. Here's another. It's somewhere in between New Orleans and whatever the last town getting out of Dodge on the north end is of uh, of Louisiana, whatever that is. And look, look, look. Somebody and, help and, me out with and, that. And, 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 look, here's, a, here's, another, here's another crazy take. I mean, we start talking about, all right. Oregon don't like the fact that they called the Big Ten. They told them, we'll think about it. Man, bump all that. I'm going to call Greg Sankin. So now you dub. <laughs> Oregon, right? Listen, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, you dub. Oregon, Notre Dame. They're going over to the they going, listen, listen, they're going over to the SEC. The head coach of Notre Dame said the only way I'm coming over to the SEC if I am the highest paid coach in the country. <laughs> And he puts and he puts a clause in his contract and says, "I have to always make a dollar more than Nick Saban." What? Why? <laughs> because we know the dang. And then Nick Saban's always got to make a dollar more, and it just goes up perpetually. <laughs> and, and Who agrees to that? Like this, give him my dollar. Listen, listen, yeah. and listen, listen. And Nick Saban has to and listen. Nick Saban has to give me the dollar, and he has to sign it. <laughs> he got to sign. Can you imagine that? Really was like, I am the highest paid coach. Here you go. I'm the highest paid coach. Congratulations. Listen, listen. And if he doesn't do it, if he doesn't give me the dollar, yeah, he gets fined. <laughs> and I get his fine money. How much? 100K. What? <laughs> Whatever makes me the highest. No, no, because Kevin, because Kevin, you know oh. this thing is going to get even weirder. No, I, I, no, no, here's the thing. Here's the craziest one, though. SEC calls North Carolina. North Carolina wants to go to the SEC. But North Carolina goes, we can't leave the triangle. What? We can't do this to them. So what you saying? That'd be like an episode of Shark Tank. <laughs> I like you. I don't like your two brothers. And for those reasons, I'm out. Let me get they, somebody they else know, on the North phone. North Carolina goes, listen, Coach Mac Brown goes, wait a minute, man. If UCLA can get can go with USC, I want Duke. I want North Carolina State. For what? Because we're, <laughs> we're a package. I don't think there's any package deals. I really don't. And, I and that's all over and done with. No, no. I, there, there's no package deal, no, 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 uh, no compadres, no alliances, no nothing. Phone rings. Oh, you mean we can't take them? Hey man, they said you can't come. So, in. So, so, hey, so, just, so, no, that, so. this is what happens. Like you go to the club and they're like, "Hey, you could come in. Your little brother can't." Hey man, wait right here. I'll be right back. I'm I'm gonna try to get you in, and then you're gone for like two and a half hours, and you come back and go. I I, I don't know. I called you a cab, man. I, they they said no. I'll see you in a little while, and then you I'm, go back I, I, inside. I, I, okay, and that's Kevin, what I'm, happened. No, there is no alliance. Hold, hold on, Kevin, it's think, all think, done. Hold on, Kevin. Think, think, about that, think about that stuff. Everybody be thinking, oh, man, we, we all in this stay together. Kevin's yeah. sitting there. Let's say, little, Kevin's North Carolina. Yeah. Okay, little, Kevin's the AD in North Carolina. But, but listen, but the two ADs for North Carolina State and Duke, he go, hey, Greg, I'm going to put you on speaker. Okay, all right, go ahead. Hey, all right, go ahead. Greg, hey, man, listen. 
got North Carolina State here, man. Got Duke here. And uh, look, man, I, I can't do this to them, man. I, I, I couldn't feel comfortable uh, coming over to the SEC without them guys. Man, take a leave of Kevin. All right, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Listen. guys, I tried. <laughs> Fellas, he drives a hard bargain. He didn't even give a number. Wait, wait, hold, hold, hold. Don't act like we ain't did nothing for you. North Carolina State? Duke? <laughs> no, no, okay, because Kevin, that's where we are, right? We are. Well, that's where we are in college football. Sure. To where we have an idea. We are going through an identity crisis. Not with college football, with some of these brands that thought, man, what you mean they don't want us? Man, I heard a dude say, man, I'd rather get FAMU than get uh, Miami. What? At least they got a better band. They in Tallahassee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, because it's like, Kevin, that's where we are. It's like sure. everybody, Oregon and UW called Kevin Warren personally, and he says, thank you, but no thank you. Hold on a minute. I got to call somebody. I got to call somebody. <laughs> You're wrong. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Excuse We're me. We're on Skype, Kevin. You got uh, me on Bluetooth? Hold on a hello, second. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Kevin, we can see you. <laughs> Kevin, you know what? Come on, bro. Hey, Kevin. No. Hey, Kevin, can we have lunch? No, bro. Listen. I feel like I feel like Oregon and Washington, if they got on a uh, you know conference a Skype call with Kevin Warren, they'd be the ones that have like the cat head as the uh, the filter. They're like, oh man, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kevin. I don't, man, we got somebody I don't know want to talk. <laughs> Kevin, it's Oregon. We got somebody <laughs> want to talk to you. Who is it? Yeah, my daughter. It's Phil like, Knight. It's who? Phil Knight. What's yeah. up, Phil? Listen, Kevin. I, I got the Phil. Listen, bro. Unless you want, listen, man. Uh, I tried to get something off your website and I crashed. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, the end. <laughs> All right, moving along. Take three. That was that was wild. I, like again, uh, just crazy. Whatever. Throw it up against the wall. It might stink. All right. Take three. Today is National Video Game Day. Ben, what is your favorite old school video game? Wow, my favorite old school video game. If we're gonna if we're gonna go whoa whoa Nintendo. Yeah. Contra. I used to love Contra. I mean, two guys coming out the freaking helicopter, or whatever they get. To, you get, man, you get to shoot. You get to shoot guns and turn flips. Why are you doing it? Oh yeah. Obviously, and, and that's what games were simple. You know, I mean, everything is right there in front of you. The graphics were 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 what they were, right? I mean, uh, I I was one of those people, man. I actually had a Sega. I had a Sega Saturn. I used to play. I used to play Daytona 500. And, 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 and I kid you not, I was so good at the game <laughs> that I would beat the game so much, they would, they would let me pick a horse. It's, ho- it's a horse out there racing freaking NASCAR, and I'm beating it. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, killing it. Like, kill it. I used to be so good, right? I could lap the guys and kind of wait off in the corner. Like, let them get out in front of me because I'm going to catch them all. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, obviously, obviously, the, the game of all games is Tecmo Bowl. Bo no, Jackson was yeah, unstoppable. Beast. I, it's super Tecmo Bowl for me. It's the, it was the second version. I, I say that one because that was the first game I remembered that would keep the stats. Like, I guess Nintendo figured out a way to get a little bit of memory going, and it would keep the stats from the season. So it was like, hey, man, I've been playing with the whoever is the Dallas Cowboys, and Emmitt Smith's got 1,200 yards rushing. Or that was cool because, like, otherwise you would just play game to game, and you actually got to keep stats. But yeah, Bo Jackson, Christian Okoye, Unstoppable, Marcus Allen. Well, Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, both on the same Come team. On. I don't remember who the was it. I don't remember who the quarterback was. It probably didn't matter. He just handed the ball no, off no, and get no, out the okay. way. I, I got th- I got three more, Kevin. And when I say them, you're gonna say what? The, the game of all games, Street Fighter. What? Street Fighter? <laughs> Ken, Ken and Ryu are the same person, by the way. Just one has blonde hair, one has you know dark dark brown hair. You know what I'm saying? They're I brothers. Mean, are you can? I mean, you 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 know what it is. Blanc and all that. Kevin, Mortal Kombat. Get over here. What? Yeah. Mortal, and the game of all games. 
NBA Jam. He's heating up. Yeah. Uh, NBA Jam, the 202. It was, and, and, and to me, right, that's when that's when uh, everybody was kind of good at the game. Like, you can play anybody around. But now, man, a little 10-year-old kid will beat the brakes off you. <laughs> you try to play him. And anyone, I mean, I mean, I, I would, listen, graphics now are so crazy. But, hey, man, listen, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, NBA yeah. Jam, Son of the Hedgehog. Was was incredible. I I never really got you know I I I didn't want one of those games like like like, you know that you had to like understand what's going on this level. No man, King Cooper used to get the brakes beat off him when it came to me. Came to Mario, he know what it is, you know. <laughs> but no, I but and, and yeah, I, I will say that, and I, and I do feel bad Mario now Kart. because I'm not a gamer at all. Like I don't play games at all. I used to have back in the day, man. You know when you when I when I wasn't as frugal as I am now. Right. I had a hundred and twenty inch screen upstairs in my house. Right. And I played the game on it. And I used to be like, oh, man, boom, bam, just like doing all kinds of stuff. That lasts for all of a week. And I realized, not a gamer. I got so sick of going to buy hats at the mall, and I walk in, and I get ready to pay, and the dude do all the, he do the same thing. I'll pay. He'll take my hat, and he'll pull it back. He'll say, hey, bro, you killed me in the game. Hey, bro, listen, listen, give me my hat. I didn't keep you killed me my season last year, bro. You kept dropping the pass. Well, that wasn't me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but the game, well, hey man, but old school games, I'm gonna have to give me some. Hey, Kevin, we might be if we go out and get some old school uh game cartridges, cartridges, yeah. we don't got to worry about the, you know, outside of a little kid, a little small little kid, our kids don't want no part of it. No, no, I, I will say this. My kids found I found my old PlayStation 2, and they're like, Dad, hook it up, hook it up. I'm like, why do you want to play that? You have like the new console that that's the way better. He's like, no, oh, just hook it up, hook it up. They actually wanted me to hook it up. So they, they my older son said he wanted to play college baseball because I had a, that was back when, you know, you could still make college games uh, before Ben and everybody else killed that with, the, with your name, image, likeness. Come on. No, but they wanted to play college baseball and they got in there and go, man, this thing's hard to play. Like, I like playing the new one. I was like, well, th- th- why did you even want me to hook this up? Of course you want to play the new one. That's what I'm saying. You're 100% right. They don't want to go. The, the, the graphics are terrible, Dad. Well, yeah, this thing was made like 25 years ago. Like it's, it's, yeah. Oh, Things have changed slightly since then. It's okay. We got to step aside. Let's take three. We went way over. But, you know, we, you, we talk about video games and whatnot. Yep. You tend to do that. It's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. I mean, we can keep talking about video games if you want to. I mean, uh, other than talking about the Jaguars, I mean, you know. I mean, look. Kevin, Trayvon uh, Walker working out with Robert Mathis it is what it Robert is. Robert Mathis, listen, for those of you who don't know why is Robert Mathis significant, I think Robert, Mac- Robert Mathis went to Alabama A&M, HBCU alum, has uh, over 120 career sacks, but he stands alone in one category. He has the most forced fumbles in NFL history. I'm going to say it again. He has the most forced fumbles in NFL history. I think he got a bunch of fumble recoveries, too. Uh, Robert Mathis was a guy that, unfortunately, I have a lot of knowledge because I had to play against him when he was with the Colts. He could bend the corner like nobody's business. But he's 6'2". Tron Walker's like 6'5", 6'6". I get you want to learn from the best. But teaching it ain't knowing it. Now, Robert can teach it because he's one of the best to ever do it. I think he's a career sack leader in Colts history. But I give the Jags a lot of credit. They want, they want, to, they want, to, make sure, they want to make sure they are doing everything they possibly can to get the best possible outcome, we'll see what happens. But for me, for my money, if I if I if I got to uh, if I got to uh, put my money on it, it's gonna be a long year for the Jags, a long year. We'll see. I mean, Jaguars fans, look, last night 
I had to talk about the Jags again. You know, I, you know, a friend of mine, you know, got a nice little podcast. I was on talking about the Titans and the Jags right. and and the Colts and that other team in Houston, whoever. <laughs> and he was like, "Hey man, you think the Jags got a shot to be good this year?" I said, "Well, it depends on what you mean by good." Like, you know, I mean, to my nephew, like to him, good. It's like you know, Doritos and ketchup. Ted up, Uncle Ben. He, really, he didn't really do this that. This is incredible. He'll eat it and look at me like, "Wow." I like Cool want, Ranch and ketchup or just I mean, regular? He, he, his that's taste, gross. His taste buds are three. So okay, well, then that makes more three. sense. He's three. Shot, shot, you he know, doesn't know what he's doing. Shout out the juice. Shout out the juice. But it's the thing. I said, now, to them good is picking number two in the draft because they picked number one two years in a row. I mean, I went from 4-12 to 5-11. and 11. So, you know, he we did went. Improve. From, I, we did improve now. I mean, but it's the thing. We had the sixth pick in the 2005 draft, and we had the third in 2006. So, I'm just saying, <laughs> it, it can happen, but Kevin, you know just like I know. Rookies are going to hit the rookie wall. They're going to have rookie struggles, especially when they're called in to be that dude. Like, they're bringing you in to be that dude. In the last four drafts, maybe five drafts, Josh Allen, no, no, they went Dante Fowler Jr., Josh Allen. That worked out. Dante Fowler Jr. didn't make it out of training camp, if I recall. He, he did, tore he his did, ACL. He tore his ACL. So, Dante Fowler Jr., Josh Allen. Remember, you remember Clavon Chason? Me neither. Because Chason is going into year three. He was a first-round pick. He played the same position as Tray- Trayvon Walker. At a certain point, you might have a getting to the quarterback problem, like a team in Atlanta. <laughs> they, they got a problem. Let me tell you something. The I think they have an thing, epidemic. The hardest thing to do in football is double-digit stats that matter. What do you mean, Ben? Picks. Sacks. Touchdowns. They're hard to do. I love Kyle Pitts. Love him. Love that dude. He's never caught a touchdown pass in the States yet. In the league. He had a touchdown pass. It wasn't in America. <laughs> So all I'm saying is, Kevin, you you keep saying you make a great point when you say it's hard to replace the man. Well, what if there wasn't a man? What if a man has to be made first? They don't have now. Josh Allen is that dude. I, he is that dude. Now, really, really good. Unique and Dockway, right? Remember him when he was with the uh, Jags? He's mm-hmm. been on a different team since he's left. Since he left, he been on a different team. He went to Minnesota. Then he was with. Uh, Baltimore. Then Baltimore let him go. Then he went to Oakland. I mean, to, to, you, then he went to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yep. Then he went back. Uh, then he went back to uh, Baltimore. <laughs> now he's with the Colts. <laughs> this man is traveling. And he's only like 27, 28 years old. So, for me, I appreciate any extra work. But I got to give a quick shout out, though. Darius Slay, the Darius Slay. Put out a thing saying, you know, all pro Darius Slay, you know, Mississippi State, all pro. He says he wants to do a DBU. You know why? Because there's a tight end you. Stop hating Darius. <laughs> if your DBs don't want to come together, have a DBU. You know why DBs don't want to come together? Ego. Too much ego out there. Hey, man, I mean, how many people you cover? Who cares? Is there ego amongst rush ends? Yeah. Maybe the Falcons need to put on uh, the end. I was going to say. Line, outside no, I, linebacker. I said, I said, uh, I said uh, so, uh, Robert, did uh, have the, anybody from uh, 
Atlanta Falcons ever called? No, they told me I'm good. Oh, you called them? Yeah, they told me I'm good. You, well, Robert Mathis is from Atlanta. He got a house there? Yeah, so I could just drive down to Flowery Branch. What they tell you? Lorenzo called them said they good. They told you they good? Because yeah. <laughs> to me, Kevin, certain things. I saw a video of Travis Kelsey giving tips to Kyle Pitts. You know what that, you know what that shows? You know how confident I can I need to be in my position on on the field to be able to give wisdom to the next up. That's what you're supposed to do. Travis Kelsey is telling Kyle Pitts, hey dude, yeah, you chasing me. Cause I'm chasing Gronk. Right? Like the goal is to be the best ever to do it. I get it, man. Passing league, yeah. But stats that matter, yeah, always gonna matter. Touchdowns, red zone targets, third down targets, right? Uh fourth down. You know, fourth down momentum. That's what I do because everybody's goal is to stop Travis Kelsey every game. He's went back to back to back to back thousand yard seasons. I think he got four or five. I think he broke the record set by who? Greg Olson. He went three straight, broke that. Now he's at four or five. Love Kyle Pitts, but Kevin, you know, just like I know, it don't mean a thing if you can't get in that zone, man. And, you know, and speaking of that, we'll come back and talk about who's going to get in that end zone for the Atlanta Falcons. Pretty much everybody knew. Out there on the outside, who's going to have the best season for the Atlanta Falcons out there? We'll break it down next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is, 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop here on this Friday. Glad you're making us a part of your day and the Atlanta Falcons, Ben. Who is going to catch the football? That's been a big, uh, obviously, talking point here in the offseason. And now with training camp just a couple of weeks away, who's going to have the best season at the end of the day? Drake London, Brian Edwards, Auden Tate. I'm not talking about Kyle Pitts. I'm talking about specifically the guys who are going to be out there catching the football as quote-unquote wide receivers in this Falcons offense. Who do you think has the best season? Who becomes the go-to guy? Because everybody, quote-unquote, is new except for Alameda Zacchaeus, I'm sorry, he's not going to be your feature wide receiver. We already know that. Okay, you look at Cordrell Patterson. Maybe, but right now he's listed at running back. So who becomes the favored target of Marcus Mariota and has a big year? And you're going to find that by yards, touchdowns, however you want to do that, but... I, I believe by the end of the season it's going to be Drake London because they're going to give him a lot of opportunities to go out there and prove himself. But for my money, I'm going to go with Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards is a solid... He was a really, really complimentary receiver out there with Las Vegas. Obviously, he wasn't going to be the main guy, you know, uh, with Darren Waller and obviously, you know, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro and company, but really, really complimentary piece. I think what Brian Edwards uh, is going to be able to bring to the table is veteran leadership. Drake London's going to have to learn the game. Drake London's going to learn how to get off press, get off man, uh, get off, you know, you know, get off off coverage when, they tr- when they're trying to play him underneath. Because Drake London, until he proves he's going to get the, the team's number one receiver, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, you're going to have to show us that you belong in this league, which I do think he's going to do. Brian Edwards seems to be a guy to say, hey, I thought my, I thought that my life was going to be in a comp- complimentary role, not being the number one, maybe have a chance to be number two, but definitely a solid number three. Am I good enough to be a number one in this offense? Yes. Because you don't have a number one. Kyle Pitts obviously is going to be a go-to guy, but certain teams might try to take him away. How do they take Kyle Pitts away? In the red zone, where it matters. Yeah, we're going to let you eat during the, in between them 20s. The money, the, you know, uh, the money zone, no. Brian Alden Tate, I don't remember him a lot with Cincinnati. Big body now, big body, 6'4", six, 6'5". Four, six, four, six, but I think, Kevin, for me, it's, I'm always going to go with the veteran 
Because certain t- certain times guys get overshadowed because of where they play, not how they play. Brian Edwards is a good receiver. And I think in an offense that lacks any identity, you're going to have to be able to have a guy that can go out there and prove yourself. I think that Brian Edwards is going to be that guy. I think Alton Tate got a shot to be, but I don't know. But Brian Edwards, I've seen him run routes. Alton Tate is a big body. So is he going to play on the outside or the inside? Drake London, you were the first receiver taken out of every receiver in the 2022 draft. You're going to have to prove it. Marcus Mariota is going to have the tallest receiving core by far in the National Football League. I think the shortest receiver he has is Cordell Patterson. I think he's like 6'2". Yep. Everybody else 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". So it's going to be a lot of 50-50 balls, but I think Brian Edwards is going to be a he's going to be a mentor on the field because he's going to have to show Drake London, hey, tall guys got to learn how to play small. You got to come in and out of them breaks. Every time we saw Drake London in college, it was – 50-50 balls, he's jumping over. I get that part. You're going you're gonna to have a the biggest Can you be a good receiver huge. in the NFL being a 50-50 guy? Yeah. A, a, a guy who became a 50-50 guy, and I know people don't like this, but uh, Dez Bryant was a 50-50 guy. Like, a lot of his routes were one-on-ones, and he can out-jump. Like, when he first came to the league, he could out-jump guys, out-muscle guys, and it worked. The, the most receiver touchdowns in Dallas Cowboy history goes to a who? Dez Bryant. He has the most touchdowns in Dallas Cowboy history. So it works. There's nothing wrong with having a niche, right? Every So if you are Drake London, I don't see him. I don't know how fast he is. But but you can't coach height. You can't coach uh, catch radius. And you can't coach being able to come down with the 50-50 balls. Brian Edwards going to show him how to run routes. Like the thing about, and I, and I am not comparing none of these guys to him, by the way. Let me just put that. What makes guys like Julio and Calvin Johnson so rare, as big as they are, they can run routes. Like, they big, but they go, hey, man, I'm going to route you up first. What you mean? Like, oh, you think I'm just a big body? No, no. I'm going to utilize my size, speed, ability, and girth once I get the ball in my hand. But I'm going to route you up. Every time it was one-on-one, when when Calvin Johnson, when they dumb enough to go one-on-one, and, and Matt Stafford used to look out there and go, what? Check. I'm going, what? I'm going one-on-one with 8-1. Touchdown. Drake London's going to have to learn, I got to win one-on-ones. They're not going to double me for nothing. That's a waste of a safety. If I can be one-on-one coverage, I'm going to be able to roll that safety to my side and I'm going to be able to see. But for me, I, I think it's going to be Brian Edwards. I've seen a lot of him. I saw him at South Carolina. I remember him getting drafted by the Raiders. I thought that was a good pickup. I think Terry Fondo has done a really, really good job. Uh, 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 Brian Edwards on um on offense, it's like a, uh, 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 in a, like a Lorenzo Carter on defense. You need a guy that's done it. You need a guy that said, look, man, I made the best of my opportunities when I uh, when I was out there with the Raiders because I'm not going to get many and ain't but so many balls going. I mean, our best re- – listen, the best receiver for the Raiders, that would be Darren Waller. The best receiver, in a sense, for the for, you know uh, for Atlanta, is Kyle Pitts. Sure. And every team and, – and the teams that run they uh, pass the game through the, through, the, uh, through the tight end do pretty good. I mean, uh, Kansas City does it. Baltimore Ravens do it. The Raiders, I mean, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the Raiders do it. Um, and Atlanta Falcons are going to do it. Kansas City Chiefs do it. So it's not like, but but in order to do that, you got to have a dominant one. You got that. At least for one year, you got that. Who does who who does Kyle Pitts make life better for? A Drake London. Because that's safety. Until proven otherwise, I got to slide over here. Number eight is scary in between them 20s. Brian Edwards is going to be number one. Drake London got a shot to be the number one because of what he got drafted. Alden Tate needs to be a complimentary number two or three or number three. And Cordell Patterson is going to have to work himself into the fold because, Kevin, if you look at an offense that could potentially have 
you know, Drake London on one side, Brian Edwards on the other side, Alden Tate in the slot, or Cordell Patterson with uh, with Kyle Pitts, Damian Williams or somebody at running back with Marcus Mariota with a dual threat. It could be scary now. Now, it could be scary the other way too. <laughs> Meaning if guys yeah, – Yeah, I understand that. I, I guess my point when I, when I asked you this before the show, so I'll ask it for everyone else to hear, is – when you look at Drake London, because I I wonder, when I ask that question, who's going to be the best one, people would say, oh, it's your number one draft pick. Given what we've seen, where it said, hey, you kind of, in a USC, used your size to your advantage. You could out 50-50 people on a lot of things. Is Drake London a guy that is going to be more effective inside the red zone than he will be between the 20s? I.e., if you're trying to move the sticks, he may not be your guy. But you get down the red zone, he might be a guy that at the end of the year you look at it and go, only has like 600 yards, 700 yards receiving, but he's got 10 touchdowns. Yes. Because everything's short, kind of there uh, inside the red zone. Is that a fair assessment uh, of him, or am I selling him short on on what I see? Because with Kyle Pitts, you kind of got it the other way, right? Kyle Pitts last year was in between the 20s. Maybe you, even, you could even say in between the 10s. Uh, he was really good. Put up, what, the most yards as a rookie as a tight end in NFL history. But one touchdown. That's, as you said, that's not good enough uh, when, when you're not affecting the scoreboard. Do you see Drake London being that kind of guy where you look at it and say, man, the yardage may not be all that great, but given his style of play, at least right now, if he's winning 50-50 balls from 10 yards out, he might have a bunch of touchdowns. Yes, and Kevin, now we're getting into the part of football that matters. We are stat compilers when it comes to football. Oh, this guy, this, this guy, this, that. I'm going to give you an example. Mercedes Lewis, I think he's going in the year like, I want to say 17 uh, in the NFL. Has it been that long? Yeah, uh, he got drafted in 2006. Yes, he, this is this this will be his uh this will be his uh, 17th year. His the year he went to the Pro Bowl, he had 700 yards, 58 catches. He had 12 touchdowns. See, 12.1 yards a catch. What I say that to say this. We get so enamored with the stats, the stats, the stats, the stats. Jalen Waddle had the most catches last year as a rookie. Had like 106. He barely had over 1,000 yards. I mean, those are dinks and dunks. That's quick. Get the ball to him quick. I care about touchdowns at the end of the year. You know who used to lead teams to touchdowns? The backup tight end. The guy that comes in on the goal line, that's who used to lead the team because he, don't, he ain't in there that much. I need to affect the scoreboard. So, Drake London, if your niche is, hey, because the thing about, once again, the I mean, thing about a Calvin Johnson was, once you get to that goal line, everybody knows they finna throw that fade. Can you stop it? Oh, when they finna throw that fade, yeah. But when that DB comes out and goes, so that, that's before, so 6'5", then they're going to throw it up, 40 inches. Oh, that's before, now that's a 40-inch vert. That's not counting his wingspan. So now... When, when he go, so that's athleticism with Drake London. It's like this. Unfortunately, Kevin, when you look a certain way in football, they expect you to perform that way. Julio Jones looks and played the same when he was at his best. Uh, you know, sir, uh, Brian Erlacher played, and you know he looked and played the same at his best. Certain guys, I mean, I got a six four linebacker. Can he play? Yep. So I think for Drake London, for all the Tate, for Brian, for Brian Edwards, all of them. Alden Tate is the tallest. I think he's 6'5". I want to say Drake London is 6'4". What you think they're going to do with a tall dude? If I go into the wreck, pick up basketball, 
And a guy walks in, 6 eight, hey, yo, you running today? Yeah. And, 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 and I just turn it to a coach. Listen, man, I'm just giving it to you down low. Look at me. I'm going to just give it to you down low, just post up. All right. I don't now. Once I get him out there, he can't post up. I'm like, yes. Dude, you can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so to me, I want to play like dirt. So, 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 that, so that's, that's where you are in football is if you can't route guys up, body them up. But you got to get, like you said, you got to get down there. And look, if you, throw, if you throw it to him, the guy who has the least amount of yards oh. after the catch at, for one year was DeAndre Hopkins. Problem is he'll catch it at 40. He'll catch a 40-yard bomb and get tackled. Well, that's 40 yards down the field. He don't got to run that far. But I just think that I do hope it is – I do hope it is Drake London, but I think it's going to be Brian Edwards because in order to play the game, you got to learn it first. Sure. And he's coming off an injury. Still the number one. So, you know, Terry Fonda knows something we don't. But, Kevin, what scares me is I don't know that 40 time. Well, that, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think he could be very effective. Just looking at what we saw, he looks like a guy that's going to rely on wingspan, athleticism, 50-50 balls. That was the first kind of hot take about him. It was like, hey, he wins a lot of 50-50 balls. Okay, that means you probably aren't getting a lot of separation. Can you get down the field without him, I guess? I mean, I know he's got to be out there, but can you get down the field without him making huge plays and then rely on him in the, in, in the red zone? We'll have to wait and see. we got more to come. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here. It is 3 and Out on this Friday. He has been Troop. I am Kevin Thomas. A lot to get to. We'll hear from Josh Pate. Had a conversation with our own Christian Gokel talking college football. College football media days coming up in been a little bit more than a week. Actually, a week from Monday, SEC media days will be back. What are we talking about on that Monday when Greg Sankey's there? Are we spending more time talking about conference expansion or not doing conference expansion? Or are we spending more time actually talking about college football? Which do you think drives the conversation in two weeks or a week and a half there in Hoover? It's got, it's got to be a conference expansion. Greg Sankey does interviews all the time, so he knows how to maneuver around the media and things of that nature, Kevin. But when he got so many people from all over the country, every everybody that covers the SEC, you know, in certain in certain regards, far like is going to be there asking them questions. Greg Sankey should already – I don't know if he does mock interviews by himself. I'm pretty sure his wife – I'm sure like, he you gets prepped. Definitely. You know, yeah. but, I, but, but he got to know, right? Like, all right, what led to all this? Like, we get to Texas and Oklahoma. We get that part. But we, I mean, is it true that, you know, you went to the college football playoff community, specifically Mr. Hancock, and said, are you going to do an expansion? He said no. I mean, how many? Well, they pushed. He pushed hard for getting it expanded. I mean, I mean yeah. you know, talk about the collaboration you've been able to have. You know, I mean, I don't want, I know you can't give up your methods, but, I mean, you fly in the airports and never leave the airport. <laughs> like, you never leave the airport. Like, when I say we're meeting at, you know, in Atlanta, you get off the plane and you go in some, you know, underground bunker. With a, with, a, with a light that said, shh, shh, don't, did anybody follow you in? They're no. Li- they're listening right they're, now. Here he go, put the cell phone away. Now, I I think with Greg Sankey, though, is there are people who still don't know who he is, unfortunately. You get to see who the, you get to see the most powerful man, person, in college football, in college sports. I would say college, yeah, college athletics. college yeah. athletics, right, it's going to be in Atlanta. The thing about Greg Sankey is this. He's a very, very mild-mannered individual. He's very, very, he's very, very, like, you know, uh, he's very, very seasoned with his speech. How many teams you like? Oh, I got 16 favorite teams now. You know, he's going to say all the right things. But he knows, at the end of the day, 
man, the SEC, dude, we got something coming for y'all. We 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 understand that our product is top notch. Coaches, top notch. Teams, top notch. Players, top notch. But Kevin, you know, just like everybody else, we want more. What? And we can say it just means more. No, we want it. We want more. We want it all. When I played for the, when I played for Florida, I had a coach. And uh, he used to say something that it resonates. He says, Ben, we don't pick sides. We take over. We do not pick sides. That is what Greg Sankey said. He's trying to take over. Because while he respects these other conferences, they ain't SEC. I mean, we started talking about the magnitude. Kevin, we talked about the quarterbacks earlier and how they gonna, you know, how they gonna dominate hopefully the SEC media days because of how 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 big they are. Greg Sankey knows, man, I got Nick Saban. I, I had a Brian Kelly. I got Billy Napier. So I got the best coach or or or, or the most the winningest coach right now in the Sun Belt. I got the biggest name in college football, not named Lincoln Riley. So the Big Ten get Lincoln Riley, I give you Brian Kelly. Whoa. No one else can pull him but us. And I can say us because I'm the commissioner of the SEC. I left Notre Dame for LSU because I saw what it did for Nick Saban. Right? I saw what it did for Les Miles. I saw what it did for Ed Ogeron. I want some of that. Plus, look at what he really did to Brian Kelly. It's real similar. Now, LSU ain't Notre Dame. I didn't have to worry about competing with nobody in Indiana. Take nothing away from other schools in the state. We ran Indiana. I don't got to compete with nobody in Louisiana. Not even the Saints. That's why I want. I want. I want. I want to run this thing. So, but it is Greg Sankey being able to ask, answer these questions. Of all right, I know you can't give us the blueprint, but uh, could you give? Cause we know, look. We know that you got Texas and Oklahoma coming. Who else? No, you go. How do you feel about Notre Dame telling Kevin Warren no in the Big Ten? Well, you know, I know Kevin really well. No, no, no. Do you want Notre Dame? Do you want North Carolina? Do you want Virginia? Do you want Georgia Tech? Do you, I mean, look, I, I think he's going to get asked a lot of questions about that because, again, the SEC, for the most part, has never been known for being reactive. The SEC has been known for being proactive, and they're the ones driving change. Right? They went to 16. Nobody saw it coming, right? Everybody's sitting here bebopping along. Hey, the ACC, you probably need to win a little more. Pac-12, like, you, you need to get somebody in the playoffs. All of a sudden, before SEC media days a year ago, hey, somebody said Texas and Oklahoma were going to join the league, and Greg Sankey said, well, I mean, you weren't supposed to find out till a little bit later, but yeah, that's that. They're, they're coming, right? So the SEC has been proactive. So while they like 16, I mean, I think a better question would be, do you like 16? Are you anticipating going to 20, 24 teams? Because make no mistake, if they think the Big Ten is going to bring in come on. Four more teams yep. go to 20 and bring in more money. You don't think there's a plan for that uh, by the SEC? So I, I think he's, to me, I think as long as Greg Sankey's there, and I say there, he's there the whole time, but his kind of time, uh, that's what he's going to be asked about. We, I don't know if he's going to get a single thing about, hey, you have the defending national champions, yeah, because and you, you, you had a matchup in which you played yourself, yeah. SEC v. SEC, Defending national champs again. I don't think anybody's going to care about that. I think he's going to give the state of the league, talk about how much money they're making, and then somebody's going to say, "Hey, uh, you trying to get Texas and Oklahoma in here earlier? Uh, are you trying to go bigger?" I, I think those are the questions he's going to get. And, and I, 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 I wonder how much actual football he 
I, again, he can drive the discussion. We've he seen can. this to me. But I wonder when it comes to open questions, how much actual football people he, are going to ask him about. He shouldn't get the much. Because, Kevin, I, I will say this, right? I will say this. Most people have never been, never been in a situation to where you you over something that while you wanted it to become something, it, it became bigger than that. Like, everybody foreshadows. Oh, man, we see it doing this, doing that. I remember me and BJ, we was down there in the Gainesville. You know, I drug BJ down there. He didn't want to go. <laughs> promoting the book. Sure. And we read something that said, in the next 10 years, the University of Florida has a $1 billion budget in facilities. $1 billion. Mm. Which means... I'll take it a step further than that. Um, the old Georgia Dome, it wasn't old, and you blew it up. <laughs> Why? Because it's all about new, bigger. How can we take it to the next level? They say as soon as they made the Mercedes-Benz Dome, they already got something else planned. Like, that's what it is. With the, with the SEC, it's, hey, man, I'm in a position to where if I if Greg Sankey goes, man, what type of budget am I working with? Somebody goes, unlimited? What do you mean? It depends on what you want. depends on how big you want it. What do you mean? Jim McElwain is the reason why the University of Florida has an indoor facility. Not Urban Meyer. Not Dan Mullen. Jim McElwain. Greg Sank is going to walk up in there, and he knows he's the man. He's humble. He knows he's the man. Greg, 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 Greg. Greg, what? Man, what's the plan, man? Because we know that essentially you're the nothing against the Big Ten. You're keeping college football together. Cause if y'all if y'all break away, I mean, does any if they break away, Kevin? Can I can make the case say, that they're not, but I mean, yeah, I understand. I, what, 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 what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I, now me personally, I don't think they're gonna break away. I don't think Greg Sankey wants that a part of his like you know reputation. Hey man, I don't want to be the one that quote broke up NCAA. I don't want to do that. But can I force the NCAA? Or the, oh, no, no, let me not say that. It, this ain't the NCAA it's college football playoff. Which is a separate entity, Which by the way. It's a separate entity. I think what Greg Sankey, Kevin, is, it's one of those things to where, you know, just, Kevin, you 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 are part of a company, you know? Just say it's three and out. <laughs> but, you don't know, sure. but, but you don't know the magnitude of what three and out is because you do it every day. You get caught up, and do you go up in somewhere, right? Kevin, 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 Kevin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You Kevin Thomas. No, no. When people don't know you, they say you Kevin Thomas, right? When people do know you, they say... They call you by your first name, Kevin. I get so PJ think- Zuko a lot for some reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do. I just like hey, you know. I, and, and I and I must be that, my beard. I don't know. Hey, I man, just- hey, hey, and I and I, think, <laughs> I I think that now with Greg Sankey, it's happening so fast. It is. I mean, it really is. I I, I think that's the part that is you got to stay on top of it because it is happening fast. Where you saw last year, okay, Texas and Oklahoma, and people are like, okay. How are we going to adjust to that? And less than a year later, the t- the two br- biggest branded schools, I won't say they're the biggest, but USC is, but the two biggest branded schools leave Los, leave Los Angeles to go to the Big Ten. I, I, I look at, again, to me, I'm very interested to see what Greg Sankey has to say, as I always am, but I mean, I, what he has to say and kind of what he, because he plays it very close to the vest. He really does. But I'm interested in what he has to say when people ask him about the direction of college athletics because everybody knows. Look, Greg, it's you. It's you and Kevin Warren, and I think if you're being honest, you have more power than Kevin Warren at the Big Ten. Why? Because you're a driver 
of a lot of things. Oh, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Warren's in the car. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, he's in the car. I think he's just, just not driving. But but Greg Sankey is, is he's in a position. He is the driver. If the SEC wants more teams in a playoff, look at the influence they had. A lot of reports that you know a lot of what happened over the last year with the SEC is Greg Sankey saying, "Listen, I'm trying to do what's best for me and." In a roundabout way, what's best for college football, which is what? More access to the college football playoff, which is what? More money for me, yes, but more money for you yes. as well. So, I'm, And again, I think that's the way he was approaching it. And a lot of people said when he thought he had a consensus building towards a 12-team playoff and it fell apart, he was very mad. I get it. Because Greg Sankey's looking at it saying, look, yes, we're on the top. Yes, we're trying to make more money, but I'm also not just saying – because that's when you hear stuff like, well, we could just do our own playoff. And people go, come on, man. The SEC, that's what Greg Sankey, I think, initially tried to do was say, look, we're going to expand the playoff. We're going to have more access. We want more money. But it also means you more money. Pac-12, you could make, you could have, I don't know now, but you could have made more money. Why? Because yeah. there's an open spot for you. Guaranteed. Big 12, there's no spot. ACC, you get there. And, and there's opportunities to get other teams in. Right now, there's four spots. We've been taking two. There's five power conferences. We've been taking two of the four spots, which leaves four of y'all to and Notre Dame to fight over two or three. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, to fight over two spots. How's that working out? Well, not too good, Greg. Thank you. I understand that. Can we get this thing expanded? And there was some pushback to that. I, I, I'm, I really believe he is the driver of a lot of stuff in college athletics. That's why I think he's the most powerful guy in college athletics. It's not the NCAA. You don't just throw out, well, maybe we'll explore doing our own thing if you don't think you could pull it off. Yeah. And so I think that was a veiled, a veiled threat to doing it. But here we are. Big Ten's going 16, and a lot of people think we're not stopping there. So I think he's going to get a lot of questions about that. It's going to be very little about, hey, you're defending national champs again, and what do you think about the prospects for the league in 20? No, it's going to be like, is this thing getting bigger? And I think he's going to get a lot of questions about, well, Southern Cal and UCLA are coming in a year earlier than Texas, Oklahoma. Are you pushing to get them in earlier? Because I, I think, again, when they said they were leaving, Ben, nobody thought they were staying the full distance. Because at some point, it becomes about money, and you say, it is just financially worth it for us just to pay you off and get out of here. Yep. And I think that's where we could go with Oklahoma and Texas before too much longer. we got to step aside. we got so much to get to. Uh, we'll hear from Josh Pate. Had a conversation with our own Christian Gokel. A lot of college football talk. Good to have you along on this Friday. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. You can also see us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We're coming right back. Three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here, three and out. Kevin and Ben, Braves and Nationals coming up uh, tonight. Nationals, Mets, Nationals, how the Braves will finish this thing out, Ben. Heading into the All-Star break. All-Star voting ended earlier today at 2. We'll get the full roster coming up tonight at 7. So right about the time the Braves and Nationals uh, get started, we'll find out who's going. Who do you think should be there? I'll, I'll give you mine. I think Freed, Acuna, Dansby Swanson. I think those three for sure. I think Austin Riley should be there uh, and maybe Kenley Jansen. That would be my four. Hey, they're the defending World Series champs. They should have some good representation there. I think those four will be nominated. We'll see if Kenley can pitch. I uh, do think he's expected to come back from his his AFib situation, maybe right before the All-Star break. But I think they've all pitched well enough and played well enough. They should be there. Who do you have? 
Ooh, I mean, Dansby Mansby, obviously. I mean, we know what Cunha's already did because he got the Dan, most votes. Dan, yeah. Dansby Mansby. I, I, Kevin, look, I, this is my thing, right? I, I get that Michael Harris Jr. haven't been here that long, right? But then you tell me his official rate, he's rated like the second best. Second best defensive center fielder in the game since he's been called and up. And this is my thing, right? Is it his fault when he gets called up? Is, is, or do he control <laughs> what he do when he gets here? Since he has been here, right? Since he has been here. The thing about this Braves team, though, look, it's a lot of guys, man. Matt Olsen is all-star worthy when what he's done, right? Lincoln Riley is all-star worthy in what he's done. There's so many guys with the Braves. It show, number one, it just shows you the popularity of Ronald Cooney Jr., the top folk getter, you know, internationally. But I'm so proud of Danzby Swanson, man, because I think sometimes, Kevin, we don't, we, people don't use pressure right. He knows it. Number one overall pick, Atlanta native, playing for the Braves, a part of the greatest infield of all time, coming off a World Series, and for the first month, I wanted to bury my head in the sand. <laughs> I did not want to be seen. You can't even, you can't even tell that now. Like, just imagine what Danzby would be if he didn't quote have a slump. I mean, Kinsley Jansen, as you mentioned, difficult. I mean, Strider. It's like, dude. It's like, and he's what, the same thing. I mean, he's, what, what what I don't get about the All Star thing is. Does it have to be a length of time or what you've done with the time you've done? I, well, I mean, I think they start voting so far back. Again, could they get in as an alternate? Maybe, but I don't think – I mean, I, I don't think – I mean, Brian Snicker could do it, I mean, but I, but I don't think he will. I mean, but Spencer Strider has been nothing short of amazing. I, I will mean, say this, though. But it's probably too short of a length of time for both of them to be in the major leagues to, to get there. But, I mean, Spencer Strider's been amazing. I mean, he leads – this is the – Ben, this is the part that's amazing. Spencer Strider leads the Braves in strikeouts – he was in the minor leagues when the season started. He didn't start, right? He was pitching one inning at a time for like the first month, right? So he hasn't been able to go five, six innings just racking up strikeouts. He has 20 less innings pitched than Charlie Morton, and he's got more strikeouts than Charlie Morton, who's two, by the way. He's got a lot more strikeouts than Max Fried, a lot more strikeouts than Kyle Wright, or he's got more strikeouts than Kyle Wright, who's got, I think, 30 more innings than Spencer Strider does. I mean, he's just been incredible. And to go nine up, nine down, all strikeouts last night, I, that that doesn't happen. I don't care who you are. That does not happen uh, uh, in, in Major League Baseball, and that was incredible. I think it would be an interesting case if he made it. I think a lot of people would be like, who is this cat? I, I don't think he will. I, again, I think it's one of those where he hasn't been around Major League Baseball long enough to get that call. I think you get some raised eyebrows and be like, has he played well enough? Yeah, he played well enough for a month and a half. But you know this, Ben. I mean, it's fan voting. It's all that. Sometimes you got to have a little uh, reputation built up before you get into that all-star voting. And Michael yep. Harris, unless you followed minor league baseball, you didn't really yep. know who he was. Uh, same with Spencer Strider. Yeah. You showed up at spring training and go, who's the guy with the big quads? Who's the guy with the with the with the hamstrings? With the stash. Yeah, he's got this weird stash going. No, on. I who mean, is I, I, and so now it's kind of become a thing, but I think – yeah, you know, it's a, a little too late to be jumping in on all-star stuff, but I make no mistake, if he continues to start baseball games, and again, the innings are going to tell the tale with him because he's going to blow way past what he's ever pitched in his life yes. in one season. Like, I think at Clemson, he was a bullpen guy. He's been kind of a pseudo-starter bullpen guy in the minor league, so I think he hasn't pitched more than like 80 innings in a season. Well, he's about 10 innings away from that right now, and you've got a long way to go. So how long can he hold up will be interesting. But if he continues to pitch like this, uh, you're going to have to worry about potential all-star stuff in the future. I mean, he is going to be one of those guys that is on the highlights for watch me wait, make major league hitters look stupid. 103 dotted on the corner. What are you going to do with that? You can't even see it. 
You can't even see that. Like, and again, I know you, you talk to major league baseball, major league hitters. I've heard people say this, Ben. Professional hitters, this is what they do. What do you do with 101 plus, 100 mile an hour? He's like, they're like, 100? Like, you don't even see it. You just guess. If it looks good, you swing. Yeah. But, but they, like, I, I've seen, again, I've watched baseball, uh, you know, they, they ask guys, Aroldis Chapman, what do you do when he's throwing 102? You hope and pray it doesn't hit you. Because you sure can't see it. Yeah, you, 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 so, hope, you, you hope his accuracy <laughs> is on point. Yeah, because you sure can't see it to hit it. And so I don't know what you do with it. And so if he continues to be able to do uh, that kind of stuff, man, it's going to be insane. Insane. I just, I just, Kevin, the one thing I can't say is this. These Braves team, they're not, they, they not all hype. You got a bunch of guys that are definitely all-star worthy. I mean, we mentioned Riley. We mentioned Olsen. Obviously, Daniel Swanson shouldn't be starting. I mean, obviously, uh, Ronald Cooney Jr. is starting. Michael Harris, if there are two guys to ever push it, and I'm not saying they're the first, if Michael Harris and a, and a Spencer Strider, you know, Strider and uh, Michael Harris can get in with alternates, I think it will be doing an incredible service because these guys need to be seen. But I will say this. The greatest spectacle in all-star games they're known to man is the is the uh, home run derby. It is beautiful to watch because it's like once they hit that first, and boom, boom, they just go back. And uh, I know BJ Bennett, you know, you know, hope to get BJ back soon. Whatever happened to that, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? The uh, home run derby curse by Ronald Cooney Jr. I don't want to get in. It's going to be a curse. Stop making stuff up. I'm sick of that nonsense. Yeah, he has been in a little slump as of late, but I feel like, I mean, the Mets series would be a great time Boy, to hop you, out of it. I can't, but, wait for, I can't wait on the bus out. You, could, you know what's coming. And that's the thing. I think if you're a brace fan, you're still winning games, and Ronald Acuna has been rough. I think his batting average has dropped like 35 points over the last three, two and a half, three weeks. Uh, it's been rough. He's had a hard time uh, getting the ball to drop. But when it does, I mean, it's going to be a thing of, of beauty. Ben, Rob Manfred, again, commissioners like to do things to shake things up. Rob Manfred, I think he's trying to do the image thing. I think he even actually came out. Uh, the other day and actually said, I love baseball. Well, Rob, you're the commissioner. You shouldn't have to say that. That's what you say when people know you don't love baseball. But he did come out and say, hey, we made an exception to the all-star team. We're going to allow each team to have a legend. And the National League gets Albert Pujols, who obviously was not going to be voted in. He's, you know, in his last season. He's trying to get to, I think he's trying to get around long enough to get to that 700 home run mark. And, Ben, your new buddy, Miguel Cabrera, going to represent the American League as a guy that's been around, obviously, a long time. He's in the latter stages of his career. So you're getting a, a couple extra players that are legendary players of the game, going to be Hall of Famers, but obviously not playing all-star caliber at this stage of their career. So Rob Manfred making that happen, and it's going to be new here in, in, uh, in about a week. I'm just looking forward to it, Kevin. And, like, at the end of the day, man, them Braves should be well-represented. A Ron Lacuna Jr., a one Ron Lacuna Jr., but Michael Harris. Because, Kevin, we're talking about having one of the best players. Could we have potentially already talked talk of potentially the best center fielder in baseball? And he's only been here, what, a month and a half. Shout out to them Braves for getting it right. And guess what? Ozzy, he's on his way back. Yeah. We'll see how the NFL goes. And you could have made a case that had he not gotten injured, might he be getting an all star call uh, at some point? Uh, at, would he have been there at the all star game this year? Very good case. We'll come back. We'll get you ready for Braves baseball. We'll know all about uh, that all-star lineup coming up in a little bit more than an hour. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.